Scent World is an original series presented by Scentbird, a fragrance subscription service that brings you luxury designer scents every month for $16.95. Unlock 50% off your first month at Scentbird.com. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Michael Partouche, the founder of Room 1015, based in Stockholm, Sweden. Michael went from being a pharmacist by trade to being a rocker by trade. He says his guitar was his salvation. For over a decade, he toured the world with his psychedelic rock band, Rodeo Massacre, where he was a guitarist, composer, and producer. At a certain point, he leaned into fragrance as a medium for olfactive counterculture, a bridge between chemistry and art. In this episode, Michael sits down with Benny Campa, who runs product design at Scentbird. They reminisce about the 70s and 80s grunge and punk music scene. Michael reveals why he felt like the black sheep of the perfume industry and tells the story of a fragrance he perfected to smell just like a vintage guitar from his childhood. Bring back rock and roll nostalgic freedom with Michael Partouche on Scent World. definitely feeling this vibe that sounded incredible what we just heard that was a song called love by your band rodeo massacre is that correct yes that was the band that i was in when i um when i moved to london yeah when i uh, i uh, tried to uh, live out of music for a few years oh cool that was my biggest musical experience i love the band name when i think rodeo massacre i just think of like a bull thrashing like a cowboy in the air yeah it it we just chose this name it, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. We are just like playing garage slash psychedelic music. Cool. We just we just wanted a name that was like just cool yeah. and sounded good. Rodeo Massacre. It doesn't mean anything. I love it though. Some people thought it's because we were vegan and we thought that, <laughs> you know, the rodeo was not like animal friendly. But no, <laughs> it's just Rodeo Massacre. I don't know why. Yeah, I noticed you had a meat is murder tattoo on your arm. That's really cool. Oh, when did you see that? Oh, uh, no, but, uh, uh, I, I did a little bit of research, so I saw photos of you on Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, well, you know, meat is murder. Yeah. Then you uh, choose if you you want to kill or not. It's uh, I, I don't try to convert anybody yeah. to it. No, no it's good. My, my first thought just goes to Morrissey from The Smiths. That was one of his biggest themes of meat is murder. He has yes. lots of photos of him wearing that T-shirt. Yes, but I didn't do it for the Smiths. I just did it for my convictions. Yeah, cool. So it's, uh... Cool, cool. How, how old were you when you started to play in Rodeo Massacre? Uh, I believe I was uh, 21, 20 oh. or 21. I, okay. I don't remember. Young, cool. That's, that's probably the age. I was in, I've been in some bands too. I was about the same age. I started playing guitar in high school and started being in bands about, about 20. We were playing more like yeah. shoegaze, you know, like Cocteau Twins. Type That's of cool. Music. Yeah, cool. Um, Before that, uh, I was in. A, I was playing hardcore. Oh yeah, you cool. Know, like minor, minor threat and all yeah. this. Yeah, oh, nice. So uh, I had my uh, my years of uh, you know playing in like venues that were like mostly squats. <laughs> oh yeah. And like strange places, and you know where you you play uh, you play this kind of music. You know, it's not like on big stage. It's yeah. just like. I know it, it was fun years. It was really cool. Yeah, I know it's such a big part of who you are and, and uh, the brand. For me, I have these distinct memories of being, you know, like seven, eight, nine, and my dad playing like Buddy Holly and Rolling Stones and Joan Jett and the Go-Go's and like all this music. So music for me was really embedded early in my life since it's so much a part of you. When did you start feeling like it was a part of your life? How young? Well, uh, I remember clearly the first... Uh... So there is two things. There's the, the I wanted to be a guitarist since I was six years old, oh, yeah. and that just came I, I don't know out of nowhere. Basically, it's just I wanted to play guitar, and I don't know why. Maybe because my uncle was uh, playing guitar, and uh, you know I heard him play, and I liked it. And cool. But I had this really strong passion growing, 
for the guitar at the age of, from six, you know. Oh, yeah. But my parents didn't want me to, uh, didn't want to, to buy me a guitar, probably they didn't have the money, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they just uh, wanted to be sure that I would commit to it. So that's why um, I waited until the age of 11 to start. But my f- first moment where mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be a guitarist, I wanted to be a musician and I started to really uh, enjoy to discover music and have an interest for music. That's when I discovered Guns N' Roses in the 80s, oh, yeah. the end of the uh, 80s with Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. That that's really uh, a turning point of my uh, of my life, basically. Cool, I love it. And do you re- do you remember distinctly then the turning point from music into making fragrance? Like we're going to go into your history a little bit about pharmacy and all that, but like what was the turning point where it's like I want to now take my passion for music and create my own brand of fragrances? Like when when did that happen? When did that start to happen in your head? That came well. It's been like since I. Um, during all my studies, I was, you know, a musician on the side as well. So I was really Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of vibe, you know, like I, I was like, let's say, a musician at night and uh, a student or a pharmacist later on uh, during the day. And I had to solve this problem because it was really like you don't know where to stand. You want to be, you want to be a rock star. <laughs> I mean, rock star. You want to be living of music. Yeah. You, know, you want to be on stage. You want to. Stage, it's like being an actor, you know, you, you're someone else, you, um, you become someone else and it's, the feeling of it is just incredible. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and uh, I, I didn't know where to stand, like being in the reality or being in the, being someone else. Mm. So I, you know, I, I saw that fragrance was right in the, in the middle, oh, you know, cool. with chemistry, mixing with music, cool. telling stories via chemistry, basically. I love that. I love that and you found like an extreme on one side, an extreme on the other side, and then a happy medium in the middle. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's like two complete opposite world, worlds, but it's actually, they are not that opposite. You know, like fragrance, you speak with notes as well. Totally nice. Yeah. yeah. The ne- next question I have is, uh, moving to London to, to fully devote to music, you said my biggest fear was that I'd turn 40 and not be a musician. Um, Mine too. <laughs> I started to just, yeah. I've been making music, like I said, since I was 20. And just last year, I finally put a few tracks up on Spotify. But was it nice. was it scary for you to then at that time, like devote everything to music? Like were your dreams fulfilled taking that, taking that plunge? Yeah, to me, uh, it's, I mean, the worst, the nightmare would have been not to try mm. uh, and live with regrets after, you know, like... Uh, having a life of frustrations. But when I, when I dropped my job to become a musician, it's like, I don't think I've ever been that uh, happy mm. and, you know, feeling like, like a flower that opens, basically. You know, you're like, you're living. Yeah. You know, you yeah, have yeah. no, like, you don't have to think about nothing except music, yeah. which for me was the dream. Yeah, that's my dream too. <laughs> Being, yeah. being being adults these days, it's like, well, I have my kid and I have my job, but I have my music and I have my girlfriend, I have my family. There's like, there's a lot of other things as we get older to focus on. But <clears throat> I think yes. same as you, music's still for me every day from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, there's just something playing around any kind of music. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I have, uh, you know, even when I work, I, because I'm a bit of a, you know, like a hyperactive, so I need to mm-hmm. do something and then do something else and do something and change yeah. and. So I, I always like go back to my guitar, like 10 minutes, go back to my emails or to whatever I'm yeah, doing yeah. <laughs> with boards and things, go back to my guitar, cool. go back to, so I always have an instrument. Um, cool, and cool. if I don't have an instrument, I just play with my finger, yeah. like uh, drums or <laughs> Nice. But music is always here. And yeah. uh, of course, I'm listening to music while I work. Yeah. So it's just, it's always here. Always, always. Yeah. You mentioned possibly regretting that part of your life, not going into devoting your, you know, some of your life to music. Did you have that same passion for making your own brand too? Like, oh, if I don't do this and take the chance and make my own brand, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Was it the same for that? It's exactly the same, actually. And then I realized later that um, what was important for me was not to be a musician, but to be creative. And uh, as long as I get to create, Mm. Um, fragrance, music. Um, I find even a lot of like 
pleasure, like writing stories and, cool. you know, uh, uh, as long as I, I have uh, creativity, I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy. Yeah. Me, I think you and I were, were cut from the same cloth. I'm the same. I would either like yeah. be writing poetry or doing paintings or sketching or even like making Legos with my son. As long as I'm doing something exactly. creative, yeah, my life's pretty good. Yes. Cool. Yes. Let's go into a little bit of your background as a pharmacist. You got hired at a British American pharmacy. You know, I think I read a little bit of research, but the story is uh, you said, I, I'm dressed like I was going to a rock and roll gig. And I'm, I think you were surprised that the interview went so well and they hired you based on your looks. But I, I really like that you express yourself the same way with like your clothing. Um, was that expression an easy transition for your band? Like that, that expression of just like that, that freedom that you have when you guys were playing music, was that expression easy for you to, to follow? So, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, basically, when I moved to London, I, I found myself. Mm. So I, I didn't have any codes to respect. So I couldn't, I could dress as I wanted. I cool. could have my hair like here. I could, uh, you know, uh, do tattoos, do everything because the job as a musician is just like you're free. You're yeah. free to choose who you are. You're free to. So uh, when I got, uh, when music was over and I got to find this job uh, in Paris, I didn't make any concessions. I just wanted to you know, uh, to keep being who I was because I found myself and there was no way back. Mm. I couldn't come back to the person I was before um, the, because I felt, yeah, before I was actually frustrated, you know. Uh, so um, there was no concession. So that's why, yeah, I went to the job interview exactly like I was yeah. and uh, it went really well. And That's amazing. So I just, yeah, just keep being who you are and it's just the best way to uh, achieve things. Did you find, were there other people in that style that you were there when you started that job or were you like kind of like the only one that looked like you did? No, that's funny. Uh, that's funny because I didn't want that job. <laughs> oh, you really? Know, uh, the, 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 the music was over. I was in London and... Uh, my wife got a job in Paris, so um, she was like, okay, find a job in Paris, and we moved to Paris. Mm. And to me, it was like, oh, I want to stay in London, you know, I'm not ready to, to you know, uh, I wanted to find maybe another band or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But then I wrote uh, to, uh, I saw online, it's like the universe was sending messages, ah. you know, it's so strange. And uh, I saw online that the British American pharmacy was looking for a pharmacist. Mm. So I send an email and uh, even in the email, I'm like, uh, look, I haven't worked in five years. Oh, wow. uh, I stopped being, a, stopped being a pharmacist uh, five years ago, but now I'm going to be back to Paris and uh, I'm looking for, uh, for a job. So, uh, you know, I, I just said, uh, you know, what was the situation basically? Yeah. And I got an answer like the same day, like, oh, wow. great, come for an interview. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, you thought uh, they were going to say no. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yes. Because the way I wrote, honestly, was like, I mean, you don't get a job like this, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. I was going to say that. It's like, oh, just like write an email. Now. Like, come in for an interview. Sounds like the yeah. universe is like kind of looking out for you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, um, uh, yeah. So I, then I wrote another email. I was like, uh, look, um, I just, I'm, I'm coming from London for this interview. And uh, just so you know, you know, I have tattoos everywhere. I have like uh, very long hair and, you know, uh, I have a special style. So I just hope it's, it's okay. And, you know, uh, and the woman, she answered to me, she was like, that's great. I love tattoos. I love, uh, you know, <laughs> like extravagant stuff. And like, cool. So it's like, ah, oh, double shit, you know, like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I go to, uh, to the interview and, you know, I go like with like, like black jeans with holes, like yeah. leather jacket, a hat, like jewelry, <laughs> like like slash basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I arrive at the pharmacy, and the, the boss, she's like Michael. Yeah, and I'm she like, knew you right yes. away. She's like, yeah, and she's like, I love your style. <laughs> wow. So then she, uh, <laughs> we um, had a discussion, and yeah, she hired me, and uh, I worked there for a few years. Did did she hire you on the spot that day? Or did yeah. it, oh wow! Yeah, 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 that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that I, I do agree. Sometimes there are little tumblers that happen in space time that are like, "Hey, this was meant to be, so we're going to make it happen." That's yes. Cool. I mean, you know, what were the chances that okay, I was living in uh, in London, 
I was speaking English. Uh, you know, my wife is Swedish, so we speak English. I was always speaking English, and then I didn't feel like going back to a pharmacy to a place where we speak French. Mm. And this is the British American pharmacy, so you only have tourists. So it's like American, Brazilians, and English people, mm. and like you don't have any uh, French people mm. going there. But what were the chances, you know, that uh, I got a job where I was speaking English uh, and my boss was even more extravagant than me, you know? <laughs> she has like red hair and oh, stuff. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, the universe was uh, kind with me. Love it. Um, I have here, let's see. How, how, are, how did uh, fragrance fit into your life before you worked as a pharmacist? So we have all this time where you were in a, in a band and a kid being young, going to school and such, uh, and then into pharmacy before you got this job. But how much did scent come into your life before that? Were you wearing it often or was it even a glimpse in your brain? No, I was wearing some fragrances, um, but it's like since the age of like 11 years old or 12 years old, when I went to my first party, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, my dad uh, said, oh, take my perfume. You're going to see girls really like it. <laughs> And uh, and I just put his perfume. It was Fahrenheit. I oh, Fahrenheit. Was oh Fahrenheit. yeah, I wear that to the to this day. Still, it's one of my favorites. I don't know. Maybe I was thirteen. I don't remember how yeah. old I was. But basically, the first uh, scent I wear, yeah, that was Fahrenheit. But you know, I was a teenager. I was like so young. Wearing Fahrenheit was quite like oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but I went to the party, and I remember like everybody was like, "Oh, you smell so good." You smell yeah. So good. And then uh, basically, I. Uh, my brother was collecting small samples, oh, yeah. you know, he was a collector of small samples. So we had this box with like full of samples of perfume. Cool. It's like it was meant to be, you know, we had this big box and we were <laughs> like, oh, we have new, uh, new perfumes. And uh, my aunt was working in a perfumery uh, in Toulouse in the south of France. Southwest. Oh, so you have that already in some of your family. That's cool. Yeah, she was she was uh, working. So she often sent us some fragrance oh, yeah. or samples and stuff, you know, that we collect and... Uh, but apart from that, I, I, you know, I, I didn't have what we call like a, a strong passion. You know, my passion was music. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I discovered the, my passion for cosmetics uh, during my studies because I really liked the formulation and chemistry and yeah. all this. Um, yeah, we're so, going yeah. to get into that next. You say, uh, I think there's a quote from you, fragrances halfway between chemistry, cosmetics, music, and art. I love that. It's a wonderful yes. kaleidoscope of all those things. Um, how do they blend together for you? Like that's a lot of things: chemistry, cosmetics, music, and art. I can I can see the yeah. I can see the blend there. Like that. for me, it's very organic. Those things because it's my life too. But for you, yes. How do the, how easily do those blend together? It just came. Uh, it just came like uh, with my life. Basically, it's my it's my um, the way I chose my path in life. It was. It led, like, things lead me to uh, music first. Mm. Music lead me to perfume. Ah. And I think the, the way why I was a musician was to later on create my brand, basically. Yeah. Um, mm. It was just, you know, one of the steps I had to go through to get to fragrance. That's awesome. Um, because without it, I wouldn't have created a fragrance brand yeah. because there was no way I would create a brand with a fake story mm. or with like, you know, just marketing and stuff. I had the need of creating a brand because I had a story to tell and, um, and, uh, you know, like a, a universe that I, uh, that I fit in that is like, the, you know, rock and roll aesthetic and all this. Yeah. So it's a lot of me in this, uh, in this brand because it's a bit of my life in it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, do you remember the, the, the moment when you're like, okay, I think I want to start my own company and I think I want to make a fragrance brand. Do you remember when that started to come to you where you're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to really start to do this. I want this to be my life now. When did that happen? Well, the first, my first day at the pharmacy when I came back from London, Oh, wow. oh yeah, wow. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like I need something more creative. I mm. need to, uh. I need to have my own business. I want to do something on my own. I didn't know it would be fragrance because it took me three years to um, put things together, you know. Mm. Or maybe maybe more. It took me four years to put things together and realize like, yes, I want to do a, a fragrance brand. Mm. So, uh, but the first day, yeah, I, I didn't, 
you know, I didn't really enjoy my uh, job as a pharmacist. I loved my studies. I loved the knowledge because in France, we study like very, very deeply, uh, a bit like doctors, you know, it's very, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of uh, anatomy, physiology, chemistry, a lot of like uh, things. And we study for like six or seven years, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the studies were really interesting, but the job itself as a pharmacist, uh, you know, in, in a city, uh, it's... It's nothing, um, yeah, crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah, or or yeah. That I mean, even though crazy stuff happens in pharmacies, yeah, but uh, <laughs> lots of but, rock and roll uh, parties in, in pharmacies. No, happening. no, no, not this. No, but you have some, you know, like emergency stuff. Yeah, like yeah. People, uh, totally. Uh, you know, you have some yeah. like disease there, so yeah. it's um, sometimes it can be uh, a bit sh- stressful. But most of the time, you know, you just sell paracetamol. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned uh, maybe three or four years from having the idea to actually kicking the brand off. Were you working during that time? Question one. Yeah. And then question two, uh, if you were weren't you working, what else were you doing in that time t- to build up the brand? Like, were you just getting capital? Were you getting ideas? Were you like, getting employees? What was happening in that time? No, I, I was working all the time, actually. I was working all the time. And, uh, and you know, the, with having in my mind the idea that this won't be forever, you know, I will, uh, I will end up doing my own thing. Okay. Um, but I was also trying to get, uh, some new music on the side. Uh, you know, the dream was not over to be a musician. So I tried to, uh, to do some, uh, some things, but that didn't work out. Mm. Uh, it's like the magic was gone, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so I felt it and then I knew, uh, I knew I had to put, uh, all my energy into creating my own company. Yeah. Was that, was that a, kind of a bittersweet feeling to know that you're going to do a new passion, but the old one was gone? At the beginning, um, but not when I started to create my, my, uh, company, but this was just when I felt the magic was gone, you know, I was just a musician, uh, I was just a pharmacist again. And music-wise, I was not uh, as creative as I was in London. Yeah. I was like, I felt um, it was not the same uh, vibe, you know, the, it was not the same inspiration. You know, when you have a full-time job, especially a job that is so different from music, you know, pharmacist, it's very, uh, totally. you know, square. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so then you come late in the evening and then what you have to create music while you're tired and like, you know, it's yeah. um, that didn't work out. So, here, I felt really uh, frustrated, mm. uh, but that was before. Uh, when Once I started to have the idea of creating my friend's brand, then I was so excited. I was just like cool. the happiest. Uh, and I'm I also now I'm very happy that I've been a pharmacist because without it, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be, yeah. I wouldn't have created my uh, brand. You have all that background. So, it seems like it fit naturally. Like you, you had your history of music. You went to pharmacy. You studied all those things in chemistry and all of a sudden like, hey, I have all the knowledge now to, to do this. Exactly. That's that's, uh, that's why that's why I like to say it's the universe that took me there because uh, uh, and it's funny because first I wanted to be a vet uh-huh. and but the vet school you know in France the vet school is very very uh, hard to get in. Mm. You need to have like crazy grades, uh, but I didn't have those grades. I had good grades but not good enough to be in the. And then it's a friend of mine, my best friend. He was like, uh, you love chemistry and biology. Come with me to pharmacy school, you know? Cool. And I was like, yeah, okay. That's cool. I so I just it. went there. And uh, so it's it's funny how you choose your, uh, yeah. the things in life that can lead you somewhere. Yeah. If I, yeah, if I wouldn't have chosen this, maybe, if, you know, maybe I would be a vet with yeah. a laser jacket <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about uh, Room 1015 a little bit. As we all know, that's the, the name of your brand. Uh, what the brand stands for, for counterculture, we're the black sheep of the perfume, perfumery business. We don't do things by the book. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how do you disrupt the industry? What, what waves do you think you and your brand cause within the perfume industry? Well, the thing is, I, I, don't, have, I don't want to be pretentious and say that I'm causing wa- I'm doing waves in the, in the industry, but you have a lot of, you know, classic uh, things in the, in the perfumery and everything. Uh, you know, it's a war between brands, uh, mm. you know, competition and stuff. And I feel I don't have this kind of competition with anyone. I mean, except after me, some brands came, yeah, with music and mm. stuff, but I don't really, um, 
first, I don't really care. So yeah, good. in that way, I am a bit of the black sheep of the perfumery because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about uh, others, what they do. I generally also don't plan, um, you know, I don't try to be a marketing guy and try to, you know, to see uh, just the dollars. Yeah. I just create stories and the stories give perfumes. And I think that's why I'm different from the others, you know, like... Uh, it's a, I, I work very differently. I don't, uh, I work with the heart, with passion and mm. just like with music. Yeah, cool. I don't expect to make music, like big money with music. Mm. I just go do my stuff. And, uh, if money comes, money comes, you know, so it's not, uh, and if it doesn't, it doesn't, but at least I get to be creative. Yeah. That's the true meaning. I think of being creative is you don't do it for the money. You do it for the passion of that's creativity. The, that, that's what it is to be an artist. Yeah. It's just like, uh, and it's not pretentious to say, uh, yeah, I'm an artist. You know, mm. some people could be like, uh, you pretentious, mm. Like, mm. but it's not, it's just a way of living. You're a, a dreamer, an artist, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it's, it is what it is. And, uh, money is, can be a part of it or not. Yeah. And I don't think that's the most important. Yeah. Cool. We talk about uh, Room 1015 and some of your fragrances have a sense of nostalgic freedom. I love that line. Describe what visual comes to mind for you when you use those words. What does that mean for you, sense of nostalgic freedom? So basically, it's funny because sense of nostalgic freedom, it's a friend of mine that found this, uh, mm. this sentence. Mm. Um, and I, 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 fell in, I fell in love with it. I fell mm. in love with it. Um, you know, in all my fragrances, fragrances, I, most of my fragrances, I like to put patchouli, mm -hmm. uh, to get back to the 70s era. Yeah, I love it. Um, even though the perfume can be inspired by the 90s or the 80s or, uh, I always put, like, I enjoy, like, to put a bit of patchouli. It's my favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, and it's fun because it's funny because I, you know, I was born in 1978, so I didn't, I didn't know the 70s and, Maybe it's actually better because I, <laughs> I picture it with a romantic kind of view, yeah, you know, like, yeah. uh, I make it in my mind, I make it probably very different from what it was in real. Totally. You know? Yeah. There's so, this... um, so yeah, to me, it's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, um, it's nostalgic because, you know, uh, oftenly we think like, uh, in the past, you know, it's like, it's nice to remember things. It's like perfume can take you somewhere in the past. You can travel, uh, not only to travel places, but you can travel in time yeah. with perfume. Yeah. And this is, uh, so in that way, it's like uh, nostalgic and freedom because, okay, it's the freedom <clears throat> of the seventies and all this, but it's also freedom of creativity. You know, I can create whatever I want. Yeah. Perfume is so. It's invisible and it's personal and it's someone will love it, someone will hate it. So I just create something that I think is great. I love it. And, you know, it just comes like freely. I don't have any, um, it's exactly like being a musician. Yeah, cool. You don't yeah. have any. You're creating. You're just free. Yeah. Yeah, Creative exactly. freedom. I love that about chemistry too. Like basically th there will always be a scent that hasn't been invented yet because there's so many different ways to do that with chemistry. You can invent new things by mixing yes. all of them together. So I really love that. Um, for me, sense of nostalgic freedom. Yeah, it does go back to the 60s as well. You mentioned patchouli. It's also my favorite note. Uh, I've been wearing it nice. since I was 18. And we talk about memory. For me, it reminds me of one specific girl that I used to work with at a record store. I was 19 years old. I forget her name. She dressed, you know, she wasn't, she was my age. She was 19, but she dressed as a hippie and she wore it every day. And whenever I put it on, I just think of that person, but it's like, you know, for me, it's like, you know, 30 years ago, but uh, yeah. that's how much sense can really bring you back to memory. And for me, patchouli yeah. still has a sense of like, yeah, freedom, nostalgia, like a little bit of that hippie area, that 60s vibe. Yes. That's cool. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, choices you made around branding, the story of Room 1015. I think anyone who knows you knows sort of a little bit about that story. I've done my research and know it as well. I read a lot about the the Hyatt House. Give us a quick a quick background for those who don't know on the hotel, and then what was it that drew you to that specific room? Because I know in the Hyatt House there's different rooms that different people stayed in that mean different things. But why did you choose that one? So 
Give us a little bit of history yeah. on the brand name for that room and then tell us why you chose that room. Yeah, so when I uh, when I knew I wanted to create a fragrance brand, I um, I started to you know to write stories and to to develop the first scents, the first collection. But uh, I needed a name for the band for the brand. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like it's like finding a name for a band. You know, you need a name that has a strong, either a strong meaning, either something that doesn't mean anything, but that is sounds nice, something that is catchy. You know. Um, so and I wanted something yeah a bit like catchy with a with a story. I wanted a story, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I was in bed. I was sleep- I was not sleeping because I couldn't sleep because I was too excited about <laughs> uh, you know like the 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 fragrances I was working on. Yeah, and uh, I just started to think like okay I need a name, uh, something like you know I love rock and roll and stuff. So what could it be and. Uh, I started to think about uh, Jim Morrison, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, he died in a hotel." And then the, when I when I thought about hotel, I was like, "Yes, I'm gonna try to look for hotel rooms, like famous hotel rooms." Cool. Uh, so I, I I woke up from the bed, you know, went to the living room, computer, Google, <laughs> and I started to make some research and. Uh, and then I've, I've wrote, uh, the sentence that I wrote was most trashed hotel room in history, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, and there comes some like stuff with like the most trashed uh, hotel room in history of rock and roll music. And I was like, yes, that's it. <laughs> nice. And uh, then I started to read and, um, and then I come across the room 1015. And I s- immediately that uh, I saw this room 1015, I was like, that's it. It's yeah. the room 1015. And I like the sound of 1015 yeah. because you can say, you don't have to say room, you can say 1015. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and basically it's the room from which Keith Richards has uh, thrown a TV, you know, through, yep. the, through the balcony. Uh, it was at the Hyatt Hotel in California. You know, yep. it was, the nickname of this hotel was the Riot House. Riot House, yeah, Continental Hyatt House. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a lot of parties, a lot of things happening there. And, uh, you know, like uh, everybody was going there from Jim Morrison to yeah. The Who, The Rolling Stones, like everybody. And they were trashing the rooms, of course. Yeah. Uh, because room trashing was very popular <laughs> in the 70s yeah. and 80s. Um, so, yeah, the hotel is very famous for that. And uh, I fell in love with the name. I really liked the name and I, I connected with it. Uh, with my background of a musician, like, yeah. uh, and uh, then I started to uh, to play with you know imagery and logo and all this, and mm-hmm. I wanted to give a clean logo. That's why you have something quite clean. Yeah, because I'm a pharmacist with a trashy name because I'm <laughs> a, a rock musician. Yeah, cool. I was gonna talk about that. The we the logo rep- represents both your rock and roll trashy side and the pharmacist clean side. As a designer, I also love things that can be a metaphor for multiple feelings and emotions. So I love that you, because I love that like the typeface and the box around your logo is like very yeah, beautiful and very uh, timeless it, and classic. It's team. It's uh, very simple. Yeah. It's simple. It's basic and it's uh, clean. It's time for Scent Connection Punk Rock Edition. Benny brings up a band or venue from the 70s and 80s, and Michael shares the scent or feeling that comes to mind. The first place I'm going to name is a, a place that most people may know. So what do you think CBGB smelled like? H- had you ever been there before? <laughs> no, I haven't been, but uh, I would have loved to get there. But uh, yeah. uh, to me, CBGB, it sounds like, like all the pubs, the shit pubs yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I've played in when yeah. I was in my, uh, at the beginning of my band or my hardcore band before. It just smelled like wet wood yeah. and alcohol, like mm. whiskey and beer and uh, with the sticky stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah, it's just, uh, but it's, uh, I l- kind of like this uh, smell of the wet wood and, uh, and uh, yeah, the, the whiskey and all this. Yeah, I miss that with, you know, with everything going on in the world right now. I haven't been to a show in a long time, but uh, with you know, Continental Hyatt House is on the Sunset Strip in in Los Angeles, and yeah. I went to many shows there at the Whiskey and at, at the Roxy, and um, that spilt beer on the floor, the the sweat of everyone kind of like yes. mosh fit together. Um, I just I wonder if anyone or you could create a scent that reminds me of being in that the center of that mosh pit and just like drenched with sweat, yes. seeing your favorite. But band. that would be 
that would be really a challenge this because I think there is some candles and stuff that smells like uh, mm. but uh you know you want if you want the club like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You need to be familiar with it because uh, it's like you know when you're a boxer, you like the smell of the mm. the place. You know there is a special, special totally. smell in like when you do karate or box and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the musicians also they are uh, with this smell. You know, <laughs> like everywhere we play, it smells the you know the stage. There's always alcohol on the stage, mm -hmm. so it smells the wet wood. It smells like strange. But we love this, you know, when it's just beautiful, yeah. When I say the band Sonic Youth, what, what smells do you think come up for you? No, I, I was thinking of something very minimalistic. Oh, because, yeah. you know, like something simple. I, I mean, it has nothing to do, uh, but you would have said minor threat. I would have said something like this too, you know, something very minimalistic, mm. something that doesn't smell too much. Cool. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I don't know, like a light... Ambroxant, yeah. maybe something very like, uh, nice. I can't smell really Ambroxant. So I'm like, <laughs> maybe uh, Ambroxant. What about, uh, what about the zombies, the band, the zombies from the sixties? What do they smell like? I love that. Yeah. I love the zombies. Me too. Uh, the zombies, I, 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 well, I think about the song Bus Stop. Mm. So I would say, I would say something a bit romantic. Yeah. So like a little rose with the smell of rain. Yeah, I love it. like this. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, that, that album, Odyssey and Oracle, is like one of my favorite albums they made. It's beautiful. Yeah, so cool. What about uh, Run DMC? What do you think of Streets of New York in the 80s? Ah, like? yeah, that's cool. Run DMC, I would say concrete and leather. Yeah, nice. Ooh, yeah. I love that. No one's ever said the smell of concrete. I love that. That's cool. Yes. Definitely there's a smell too when you have water on concrete. That smell is very... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit, uh, you know, when the rain is going to come, you feel the... Yeah. There is something, you know? Yeah. Last one, Nirvana. What do you... What images come up uh, for smell? Nirvana. There? Nirvana it smells like, uh, of course, leather, gin, mm. and, and bubble gum. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Totally right. Yeah. But I did, uh, I did a fragrance actually, uh, but I stopped it because uh, the, the, the formula... Um, I was not happy with the formula, so it's gonna be uh, reformulated. It's a fragrance inspired by the the like the '90s, so it's called. It was called Power Ballad. Mm, cool. But uh, in the imagery, it was very grunge, you know, like very uh, yeah. this era of uh, beginning of the '90s with all these power ballads and, of course, Nirvana. Everybody was dressed like Nirvana, you know, like and kissing with chewing gums and yeah, drinking yeah. gin. <laughs> I love so that. So it's like. Uh, yeah, they so had this like grunge mentality, but it was so accessible to everyone that you think like bubblegum, like even kids are listening to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> Experience sense of nostalgic freedom with a quick tour of the Room 1015 fragrance line. We're about to explore Purple Mantra, Cherry Punk, and Electric Wood, along with the original music Michael commissioned to capture the essence of each scent. Let's move on to the connection of 70s and 80s music to all of your fragrances. Each fragrance is like a song. I love this concept so much. So, you know, I've done a lot of scents inspired by music, uh, you know, by uh, uh, psychedelic music, by uh, the guitar smell. I've done the tattoos. Uh, and then I've been more, um, like, a bit more lifestyle with the cannabis oh, that yeah. was launched uh, in 2021. Cool. Uh, because cannabis is a huge part of counterculture. And more and more, I like to go, uh, not only music, but more, you know, counterculture, because it's, uh, you know, music is part of counterculture. And 100%. It's, uh, it's really more who, uh, where I want to take the brand, you know, with the, not only music, but it will always be marketed with music. Yeah. Uh, there will always be, there will always be a track with each uh, scent. Tell me a little bit more about Purple Mantra. I got inspired by the by transcendental meditation. Mm. So um, the idea was to uh, yeah speak about transcendental meditation because um, I did the drug last year with uh, the cannabis scent, so that was about cannabis. Yeah. And now, what if we drop cannabis to get our creativity boosted? Um, and in the sixties. Uh, bands like the Beatles or Donovan uh, went to India to uh, yeah. do actually uh, transcendental meditation with the Maharishi. Exactly, yeah. and uh, 
So they are the ones who imported basically mm. transcendental meditation to Europe. Uh, and from this point, uh, it started to be a trend about it. You know, like a lot of people were like dropping the LSD, dropping totally. the drugs to get into transcendental meditation. Yeah. So the, the perfume is actually made with a lot of natural ingredients uh, that are like calming. Mm. So you have like, you know, lavender, you have, uh, what do we say, marjolaine in, uh, in English? Majoram, Majoram, I think we say. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, you have like a clary sage. So there is this like mystic vibe mm. and relaxing vibe at the same time. Love it. Uh, it's like white flowers, uh, clary sage, lavender, uh, and incense. Oh, love it. So it's very uh, mystic yeah. and uh, and uh, spiritual and uh, all this. And the idea is to, uh, you know, feel relaxed, listen to the music track that goes with it, mm. feel relaxed, and you know, try to be uh, creative. Yeah. You know, once you uh, once you smell, you kind of open open something. Yeah, I love that. I'll put and it on. I can be like one with the universe. It fills your aura with iridescent light. The unexpected blast of incense purifies your thoughts. The purple scent of lavender touches your senses, calming the nervous system. Let's, um, we were talking about the, the other ingredients and other fragrances that you have. Let's get a little bit of story behind a couple of them. Tell me electric, electric wood. What's the story behind that scent? Yeah, so electric wood was the first scent that I, uh, that I wanted to launch. Um, it was actually the most important scent for me because it's inspired by the smell mm -hmm. of, a, of a guitar. Yeah. But... It's not only inspired uh, by the smell of a guitar. It's also uh, the, the the inspiration is from uh, the first time I got my like the time when I got my first guitar. Cool. Because as I said, I wanted to play guitar since the age of six, but my parents they waited a bit more and <laughs> bought me a guitar when I was like eleven. And uh, the thing is, I by eleven I was already a massive fan of you know Guns N' Roses, yeah. uh, Aerosmith, and all this, and they were all playing with Gibson. Yep. Oh yeah. And um, and uh, my dad was in California for uh, like he was a fashion designer. He was traveling a lot, and he was in California, and he's calling me, uh, and he's like, "Hey, Mike, you know." Uh, there is like guitar stores here. It's crazy. They're like <laughs> so big. It's so many guitars. And you know what? They have like all the Gibson and stuff. I know there was no internet by at this time, you know. And yeah, yeah. So he could just describe it to me. He oh, couldn't wow. even send me a picture yeah. because, you know, the camera I yeah. had was like Polaroid <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and um, so uh, I was like, oh, yeah, really? Wow, you're so lucky and all this. And uh, <laughs> then after he comes back two weeks later with uh, a present. Oh. And it was a Gibson. Wow. So uh, I just cried and I was like, oh. you know, so happy. And the thing is, when I opened the case was, okay, the guitar was amazing, but it's the first time I smelled smell, an yeah. open case of yeah. a, a guitar case. Yeah. And, you know, it smells like uh, the wood, the varnish, yep. especially the varnish for the Gibson. You know, it's really like a special scented varnish. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the metallic strings, the, the fur, you know, the synthetic fur of the, the inside the case. The, the, the case. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I was uh, just like amazed. It was like an addiction to it. And this is really like uh, my first mm. big scent experience. Amazing. And it has never left me. It's, it's always with me every time I buy a new guitar. Mm -hmm. It's a pleasure to open it and yeah. to, you know, the, the full room smells like it after yeah. when the case is open. So it's a real, uh, it's a big part of me. It's a big part of, uh, of my inspiration. So I wanted to uh, pay a tribute to, uh, beautiful. to this. What a beautiful memory uh, that will be with you for the rest of your life. Just like one of oh, those yeah, things yeah, that yeah. happened at youth and it will just like stick in your soul forever. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I think I reached the, the top of the, <laughs> <laughs> of the pleasure that day I, I got my first. It was a Gibson uh, standard black one. Mm. And it's just like, uh, then I could finally uh, do like Slash and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Joe Perry and uh, yeah. everybody. You know. Sweat of overheated, mistreated wood. Oak wood and hydrocarbon resin for essential thrash. Late night ash, a cloud of air and an injection of the past right into the veins. Iris and nutmeg. What about uh, Cherry Punk? Tell us a little bit about that then. Yeah. 
So um, I wanted to pay a tribute to the, you know, to the punk aesthetic. Uh, not necessarily the punk music, but really the punk aesthetic, you know, the Vivian Westwood uh, era, mm -hmm. um, you know, how cool were the, the Ramones, for example, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, and when you sing punk, you sing, of course, you sing like the London punks, you know, uh, with the leather jacket and the red, uh, the red hair, you know. So that's why the bottle is red, actually, and the top is black. It's to have these kind of colors that you have, you used to have in the, you know, in the 80s, uh, yeah. the 70s, 80s, with the, with the punks in London. But um, so I wanted to, uh, to do something a bit glamour. I didn't want to have something minimalistic. Mm. We are not, uh, uh, I didn't want to have something too dirty. Uh, I, it was more like the aesthetic and the fashion uh, of punk. Uh, which was a big part of punk, actually, fashion. Yeah, totally. Um, getting inspired by uh, Vivian Westwood and, uh, you know, the, the, the shops she used to have uh, in London yeah. uh, called uh, Sex. Mm. So uh, we walked, uh, of course, with uh, leather, <laughs> like because of the leather jacket, um, with a bit of, um, of uh, like, um, alcoholic, alcohol kind of... Uh, Uh, vibe, you know, like it smells a bit of uh, uh, alcohol and yeah. uh, the cherry. We chose the cherry uh, because of mainly I, I wanted to work with a fruit, mm. but I thought the fruit didn't have its place in the collection um, because, you know, fruit, rock and roll, mm, you know, it totally. doesn't, yeah, so yeah. flower, yes, because flower power and all this. Yeah. Fruit, I was not sure. And then We decided, we got inspired by the colors, really. It was really part of a mood board. And mm. um, the cherry came up. And I had a friend that had a tattoo with a cherry here. Cool. And I was like, yeah, cherry and punk sounds great. Yeah. And then I was like, cherry punk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so uh, we walked like, uh, like this, really to give a glamour, uh, a glamour feel to the punk era. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, Yeah, and it's uh, it's actually a perfume that really uh, people really enjoy, and yeah, I'm really really happy. Yeah, it's a beautiful scent. And it's patchouli, scent. of course, because you know to go back to that era. Yeah, we need to go back somehow, and patchouli is such a great way to go back. Yeah, yeah, the whole look and look and feel of the that bottle with the red and the black just it really stands out. There's something very um, attractive about it, and of course, there's also a famous song "Cherry Bomb." So that's what like, kind of my brain went to that too. So. <laughs> Cherry, Cherry has a little bit of uh, history with rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Cool. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, also with the tattoos, you know, how many people have cherries totally, tattooed, you know? Totally. But it's, um, it's, uh, it, I'm really happy with this scent and, uh, and it's amazing um, how people really love it. Yeah. So the, and the reviews and all these are really, really cool. And Beautiful. So that's Congrats. super cool. I love it. How did music open up possibilities for you? I think a quote from you is, music taught me that life is not a straight line. I love that line. How did those opportunities take you on the path to creating your own brand and inventing these smells? Like, it sounds like it happened all a bit or organically. We're talking about the universe making all these steps for you, like being, um, being a musician, then being a pharmacist, and then starting your brand. You make it sound very dreamy and very magical, this process you've done. But I imagine it's been a little bit of hard work for you. Well, now it sounds dreamy and magical and all this because I, I look back, back at it. Um, but of course, you know, uh, uh, nothing was, uh, super easy. Yeah. You know, only the studies to study for seven years, mm. uh, chemistry, biology, mm. and, uh, and, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not easy. And, uh, working in a place that you don't like, it's not easy. Uh, being even a musician in London is not easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, uh, no, of course, but life is not easy. Yeah. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a lot of ups and, ups and down. And it's just, uh, but you have then, when you have enough, um, it's been a few years, so I can look back. And what you keep from it is just the good stuff. All the good things, So yeah. the good stuff is, uh, yeah, uh, I was a pharmacist. In a place called the British American Pharmacy, I played music. I, I moved to London. 
I uh, created a brand. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. But of course, you have to, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, of drama also. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. not easy. It's not uh, so. But uh, everybody uh, experienced this. But, uh, you know. Yeah, but what a what a magical thing! Like you, you got to experience music for a long time. You got to experience school and learn, and then you built your own brand, and it's successful. Like your life, looking back, and you have a long way to go still. But you're like, hey, I've got to, I've I got hope. to live my passions, <laughs> and I've got to be creative. It's a, it's a wonderful thing yeah. that you've done. I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, I go from the concept that we only have one life. Mm -hmm. Same. So I want to fulfill it with, uh, with everything I can, and I like to have several lives in one life. Yeah. So Same. I've been a musician. I've been a pharmacist. Now I'm a perfume maker. Maybe I will be, a, mm. I don't know, a painter. I don't have yeah. no idea of writer. <laughs> uh, maybe not a writer because <laughs> I don't write so good. Uh, but um, yeah, maybe I'll be something else. I have no idea. Yeah, that's one of so, my last uh, questions about where do you see yourself soon, but we'll, we'll get to that soon. We're almost at the end here. One of the questions that was really intriguing me is how long does it take for you to be done with the fragrance for you to say like, now this is finished. I think with chemistry, there can be so many things that you can put into a scent and just get all these different smells. Can you give us a little bit of background into like when you start the process to when you finish, how long does that take? And then second, when do you know like now we're done, I, I perfected it? Yeah. It's, it's exactly like uh, writing a music track. Mm. You know, um, in music, when you write a track and it takes two hours, Generally, it's a hit. Mm. <laughs> when, no, but it's like, because it flows, you know, it yeah. goes like, yeah, it's evident. Yeah. It's an evidence. It goes, oh, wow, it's, uh, it's done. Two hours, I've wrote it. Yeah. Then, of course, you need to work on it a little bit. But sometimes you find, you know, one chorus, uh, one verse, and like you find the base of the song like so fast. Yeah, yeah. And often it's your best song. Mm. While you work more and more and more on something, then you cannot get lost. You know, you were like, so I try not to get lost for sure. Yeah. Uh, but generally, when I, it's hard to say because some scents I work on, it can take like one month and some others, oh, wow. uh, it can take like, uh, I don't know, like 14, 14 tryouts, you mm. know, so it can take like a year or more. Like it depends. It's very, um, it depends also with which perfumer I'm working, you know, because I'm working with several perfumers. Mm. Um, so I create the mood boards, I create the story, I say what ingredients I would like to have, mm. what notes I would like to have. And uh, from there, the, you know, the, the, the perfumer can work around it and send me some first uh, shots. And you know it's like it's a real uh, it's a real process. So sometimes I can be happy with the first thing. Mm. Sometimes I need one or two more. But mainly it's exactly like a track. You know you feel it with your heart. Yeah, you yeah. feel it with the there is something happening, an excitement that comes. It's like when you know your stuff. You know if you know music, if you know what could be a, a good perfume. Yeah, you know it. You got it's it. Just like yeah. uh, that's cool. And generally, I don't try to uh, have too many people smell it mm. because otherwise I would have too many opinions yep, yep. and I, I don't want to, to get lost. Yep. How, can, so you, I, can you tell me a little bit about that? How many people are in the process that you share the smell with to get their opinions? Uh, it's just a few people. Yeah. It's just a few people. Okay, cool. It's like uh, basically the perfumer, me, um, uh, maybe some friends, yeah. my wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have a tendency to trust my mm. my uh, my guts basically because yeah. uh, it's like uh, you know cherry punk people were like uh, even some perfumers that I met they were smelling it or even like fragrance um, bloggers that I met they smelled it before it was launched you know just a little test yep and they were like no just maybe drop the cherry oh, and, whoa, uh, wow. and I was like nope no, yeah well. and I was like no <laughs> no no no. And uh, and I was right because now Cherry Punk is yeah. like um, it's the you know I say it's the bestseller of Room Ten Fifteen. Very nice. So uh, yeah, basically I try just to I trust myself. It's like you know when you're a musician, you need to trust yourself you know to, to know what you're doing, yeah. and then it's uh, I love that flows. I love that the from a from a music point of view, when you play something or create something, it comes from inside. 
It sounds yeah, like so you're. Strange. It sounds like you're taking the same approach to fragrance. You're just trusting what you feel inside. That's exactly. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. And I have actually the same, um, the same feeling, the same excitement mm. uh, when I walk on a perfume or when when I used to walk on tracks on music. Cool. It's the same, uh, you know, like super excitement yeah. stuff that I can't sleep. I'm like thinking <laughs> of it, like how to improve it. It's crazy. Yeah, that's fun. So it's um, it's really yeah a creative process that is very close to music, I guess. Beautiful. Cool. Moving on to the last question. Let's talk about the future of the brand. In an era of almost an overdose of social media and just sometimes an overwhelming plethora of new technology, how does Room 1015 keep that sense of nostalgic freedom as we move forward into like, you know, the next couple of years? How do you get that sense of that feeling, but things are going so digital, you know? I think it's uh, I think it's amazing that we go more and more digital, mm. and I think it's just because um, nostalgia can be. Uh, I mean, you know, there's not only the seventies; it can be uh, the nostalgia of uh, last week. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, mm. So it's um, it's. I think it's amazing, and I, I can't wait to uh, to see how we can develop fragrances in the metaverse. Yeah, uh, totally. So I, I don't know. I don't really know. Um, I, I I don't really know, but. It's like only the online market for now is uh, is doing really well, and it's you know people are changing the way they're consuming, so people are going to change the way they approach fragrance, and uh, I but I don't really know how it's gonna um, how it's gonna come, but uh, I'm really excited that things are becoming yeah, me too. more and more modern, you know. Yeah, me too. And only working with Sandbird, for example. Mm. Uh, this is such a great uh, way of people for people to discover fragrances, and you know, like uh, Room Ten Fifteen get like a lot of uh, followers from US thanks to it. You yeah, know? great! I love that. So it's a uh, it's a really cool. Uh, it, yeah, I think uh, yeah, brands need uh, like in of course they need the net now, you know, and yeah. like we can't we I can't go backward, you know. I love that you're I love that you're embracing where we're going as part of just like this is just where humans are going. I'm going to go along with it, and I'm going to take my brand there. When we think about oh, yeah. uh, metaverse, you know, my son and I we have an Oculus, so I thought there's going to be attachments as you walk through a forest to the ocean, and it's going to like spray different things so you can be, exactly. be there, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I can't wait. You know, we will we will look at the like in a few years we will look at the websites yeah. that we have now. Yeah. They're just flat like this, yeah, like yeah. okay. Because in a few years you will be able with your uh, yeah. you know, glasses to go in the store and like see the stores yeah. and give a real identity to a store. You know, in the metaverse. Totally. So I think this is like this is so cool, and I can't wait for it. And going back to that question about uh, if you're going to be a writer or a painter. I think you're in your early 40s, like myself. Where do you see yourself at 60 in the next 20 years? What do you think you'll be doing? 60? Um, I think, well, that's... Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I'll still be a musician. Yeah, good. Uh, Always. Yes. And I think, I don't know, maybe I will be the manager of my kid <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. my kid wants to be a footballer. So maybe I'll be his manager. Cool. I don't know. I have no idea. Love that. And my other kid, well, he wants to be, uh, what does he want to be? He want to be uh, one is doing karate, one is doing football. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I will be fully supporting my kids by then. Yeah. Like being behind them, helping them. And, uh, and I think it's super important. Like my parents did with me, you know, they're, you know, when you have your son that is a pharmacist and says, okay, bye, I want to go and live in London yeah. <laughs> and have no money, but I want to be a musician. Yeah. You know, well, they said, uh, you know, go and live your dream. Yeah. And look how, you look know? how you turned out. I mean, you're super successful. You're super passionate. You're super creative. You seem like you've been able to have an amazing, really interesting, exciting life based on just following your dreams. Yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, you know, that's what life is about yeah. is to, uh, you know, to learn things. And to, you know, to have experiences yeah. and that's all a good or a bad experience, but life is about this only. It's just an experience. Yeah, I agree. I also agree that with you. Like we're, we only have this one life. So like live each day is yeah, the gift maybe. that it is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michael, we've uh, had such a great time chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for uh, having me. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Cool. See you soon. See you. All right. Peace out. <laughs> 
That was Benny Kampa and Michael Partouche, based in Stockholm, Sweden. Up next on Scent World, get a glimpse into the world's largest privately owned perfume and taste company with Frank Vogel, principal perfumer at Furmanish. You've been listening to Scent World. Know a fragrance lover who would enjoy the show? Share Scent World and bring them on a journey of self-expression through scent. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani, edited by Ramiro Gava, mixed by Alex Roses, production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.